Welcome to Bitch Talk, booze interviews straight from the heart of San Francisco. I'm Erin. That's Ange. Hi. That's Char. Hello. You can find us at bitchtalkpodcast.com where you can sign up for our monthly e-news. For behind-the-scenes videos and two-minute clips of our interviews, head to our YouTube channel and subscribe. You can find us every other Thursday morning at 9.30 a.m. at bff.fm. And if you like what you hear, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For the love of God, do it. It really helps. Well, we are back at the Bentonville Film Festival with director Mari Walker on the show. Um, the film is called See You Then. And Mari, can you do me a favor and introduce the film to our audience, please? Sure thing. Um, See You Then uh, is a conversation piece between two women. It's very similar to like the Before series or uh, My Dinner with Andre. Um, and it's about a decade after abruptly breaking up with uh, Naomi. Chris invites her to dinner to discuss their complicated lives, relationships, and Chris's transition. And over the course of one evening, they engage in a series of increasingly intimate and vulnerable conversations until a shocking truth is revealed. Yeah. And um, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, holding my breath. Um, oh. And I'm and, and watching the film. Um, there's like, to your point, there's a lot of themes and conversations happening. I also felt, I don't want to give anything away, but that there was like um, a bit of a horror film vibe through the film. And I want to know if you can talk about that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think especially uh, in, in sort of the last act of the film, it, it, we end up in this one area that has a very hallucinatory sort of effect. And uh, my, uh, my director of photography, Jordan Perot, was very excited um, because I had been telling him to stay on sticks and <laughs> and do very pretty lighting setups the whole time, and he really wanted to like dig down and and go deep. Um, and I and I think in a lot of ways it is, you know, I I, uh, I always like, especially after the whole pandemic situation and all of this, it's like um, I love the the concept of uh, hell is other people, and uh, and I think sometimes <laughs> when you go back and you reconnect with people, it's not always what the the dreamy thing that you have in mind as to mm. as to how you connect and. Um, and I think that those sorts of feelings kind of crept into it. And it does have like, there are those beats and those pauses. If you just put on a little, a little, like a little horror movie track, you know, maybe like a little, like a off, off brand, like song, you know, where it's like, it's like a toned down or like, you know, <laughs> a pitch down and it's a little bit, it's a little creepy, but you know, we wanted, we wanted to have that tension throughout mm -hmm. the film. Um, because we felt like, you know, it's, it's a conversation film and a lot of people just tune out, you know, and, and they're like, oh, we've had this before in everyday life. And then what's going to make it interesting. So it was a lot of, um, particularly in the script writing phase, spending a lot of time figuring out how to build out that tension. Yeah. I, I get what you, you're saying with that tension in the horror, but I, it also felt very intimate and connected and sort of romantic to me. Maybe that says something about me. But anyway, we can move <laughs> no, on. No, no, you're, you're right. No, no, no. You're right. I kind of it, felt it like, I don't all know, of it. It's it can go it. so many different ways this night. You know, I just, I, I wasn't quite sure for a while where it was going to yeah. go. But, but um, yeah, you've talked about how just even the writing of this film is very cathartic for you. But um, I, I wonder if in creating it, did it also give you some sort of closure or, or peace within yourself and your insecurities or, you know, just the representation alone? It's just yes. something to be uh, applauded, you know? Oh, thank you. Yeah, well, that, I mean, it was one of those things where, um, you know, being being a biracial trans woman, it's like, oh, it's just part of my life, you know, and 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 
And so it, it, it felt so natural, but it was also something that took me a long time to get there because, you know, throughout the process of transitioning, I had all these revelations about like how I had been perceiving the world, how I had been perceiving like who I wanted to work with in the industry and all these things. And it was really transitioning that sort of forced me to rethink those paradoxes that were sort of built into my mind. And, and I really wanted this film and, and all future films that I make to have representation in them because, you know, it's, it's the life that, that we lead around us. Um, and I, and I, I have to admit, I completely forgot the first half of the question. I'm so sorry. No, just if, if in creating it, it, it gave you some sort of closure or help yeah. with any sort of insecurities that you had with, with these topics that you face. It did. It did. I think, um, I think it was a really important process in my step of transitioning and in my process of coming to terms with the life and the choices that I felt like I had, I had made, but also like the, the sacrifices that I made along the way. You know, I think when we, when Kristen and I, my Kristen Nuno, my co-writer and I were writing the script, it was a lot of these sorts of conversations because she had been coming out of living in Portland. She was going into the film industry. Her whole life was sort of turning upside down and then she was going into writing. And I had been struggling uh, a lot out here in Los Angeles, trying to get my foot in the door, trying to make my first film, but knowing how many sacrifices I was making along the way uh, to make, to tell that story, you know? Um, and, you know, like wanting to have children for a really long time. And that was like a big part of me, you know, but I think through the process of writing the script, I sort of came to terms in the same way that, that, um, that Chris does in, in many ways of like this kind of bittersweet understanding of the choices that were made and that's okay. You know, and I think that's like something that we all need to tell ourselves more often, especially now it's, it's okay. You know, <laughs> like we've all been going through a lot. We've had a lot of trauma, especially in this past year. And, um, and, and I think that it gave me that a sense of peace, particularly during the pandemic that I, I absolutely would not have had. I mean, beyond like, obviously like the fact that I was able to finally make a movie and then I was making it during like one of the worst times in like human history <laughs> and like having the relief of having that, like, like, Oh, thank God I could like do this every day. Um, but it, but it also, um, it also helped a lot in, in, in sort of my macro perspective of my life. Absolutely. I, I like that you're talking about being gentle with yourself and others, especially after the year plus we've been through. Um, can you talk about casting your lead actors? Because you yeah. asked a lot from them and they delivered. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> please, yeah, let's, let's prop them up. Oh, God. Puya and, and Lynn are powerhouses. I, I've never... I was so fortunate to have them on this film. Um, Puya, I had seen in a short, a number of years back, I had done a short film called Swim and it was playing in festivals. And I saw her in a, in a short called After the Date. And, um, and there's just something about, there's certain actors that have like a, it's like an emotional conduit. You know, how like, and I, I don't mean this in like a negative way, but like children have it too, you know, where it's like they're able to like emotionally completely understand where a person's coming from mm. beyond like the masks that we put up for ourselves. And when you have somebody that's that open to being that emotionally bare on screen, it's like you got to, you know, you just want to work with them, you know. Mm. And so as we were in the casting process, there was like this, you know, who are we going to cast? And there was talk about, you know, getting somebody who was maybe more like, whatever, marketable, whatever you want to call that. Right. And, uh, and I was like, yeah, but it's going to be Puya though. I mean, <laughs> we all know this, like, this is, this is nice. This is nice. 
but we're, we're going to cast for you. <laughs> and so, and so, you know, eventually got to that place where it was like, I was like, tr- you guys all have to just trust me. Like, I know she's going to be able to deliver this. Uh, I never talked to her before wow. and we sent her the offer. And then uh, as she is, as she said in other interviews, she first thought it was a joke. She's like, what kind of joke is this? Somebody is just like offering me this role. They don't know me, all this stuff. And, and a um, dream role. Sorry, it, I would think oh, you know, it was just such an incredible role. Anyway, well, she, you know, I mean, it was it was so amazing because, you know, she read the script and then um, we got on to Skype. And this is how long ago this was. This is when Zoom wasn't even a thing. And it was Skype. <laughs> and it was like, oh, this, you know, and 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 before I said anything, I was like, Bleh. and then she's like, oh, before you say anything, let me let me stop you right there. Let me just explain what I got out of the script, what I was feeling, what I thought. That, and she went through every single beat of the script, every single character arc, every single theme that I had talked about and just said it. And I cried because I never had that kind of emotional connection to uh, a partner in art who just read something that I created and just completely understood it. No questions. I mean, there were questions, but there were like really deep questions that like about the history of a character or what have you. Uh, and then I dragged her along for about six months as I was like every week, I was like, I swear, Puya, we're going to make this movie. We're going to we're going to get financing for that. I swear we're going to make fine. We're going to make it. And then we finally got to a place where we started we got the financing in place and we started uh, reaching out to our uh, Naomi and Lynn was the first person in the audition room. And um, I don't know if, if either of you have been through the horrible process of casting, <laughs> but it is the worst. And, and, and particularly it's the worst for the actors because, you know, they're, they're pouring their heart and soul out and somebody's on their phone. You know, there's this, this random person who's never going to be a part of production just shows up and is evaluating them unfairly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we really wanted to make the process as friendly as possible, introduce like the actors to everybody, whoever was coming in, but I was still really green around the, I was nervous, you know? And, um, and I, and I was kind of like shaking a little bit. I was like, oh, like, how do I, how do I talk to people? I don't know. And so, <laughs> and so I, so then she came in and just had this warmth, like, shook my hand was like oh my god it's such a pleasure to meet you and and came in with all this like love and friendliness and confidence um and and i just felt like wow like beyond this person's hopefully like amazing acting ability this is somebody that i really like to work with because they're kind and they're nice Mm. and they're positive which is what we need on a set where it's like we just really just like you know just Jon Snow, basically everybody in the movie. <laughs> just, just step, 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 step. So it's, you know, I, I felt like we needed that. And, and then we went through the callback process um, and she read with Puya and then immediately they clicked and connected. And then as soon as she left, Puya was like, she's the one, sorry. Mm-hmm. And she was again, the first person. And that's gotta be stressful too. One of the things I found out later was that where we were auditioning was where Lynn shot part of her film, I Will Make You Mine. So oh. as she was walking, she was like, oh, this dress looks really familiar. And she walks in, she's like, this room looks really familiar. And then she's like, oh my God, this is the room I shot in. And she was like, and then I realized, or she was like, and then I, I felt like Mari was a partner and not a director, not somebody that I have to be beholden to. Like, oh my God, like, you know, this person with this thing, she's an AAPI filmmaker just as I am. Mm-hmm. And she's making her first film just like I made mine. And I think coming in with that confidence and that sense of collaboration gave me that ability to be like, okay, cool. I can trust this person inherently with some of these really difficult scenes where it feels like my heart's being torn out of my chest with every yeah. take, mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And even on the, on the topic of Naomi, just thank you for, 
having a lead Asian character that's so right. multidimensional. I'm just so proud to see that. I mean, she's a performance artist. Mm-hmm. And it was a show. I'm not going to ruin it, but I would like to see that show. It's very interesting. Yeah. Um, I, I, Which yeah. one, though, Ange? Which one? Uh, well, <laughs> the original. All, 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 the first one, especially. But yeah, anyway. Right. Um, yeah. So I want to have you seen a show like that? I'm just curious because I want to. But also, um, I really feel like when, when you talk about what it means to be a woman and, and the issues we go through, I feel like I was watching Aaron and I at the bar just yes, talking about. Totally. So thank you for getting it so right. I think oh, men you. should come to this film with a notebook and just yeah. take yeah. notes and just <laughs> mind. So, yeah, I'm, I'm curious uh, what kind of feedback you've gotten from audience members and, you know, people that aren't from certain communities that are just, you know, hopefully opening, opening their eyes. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope that I, I have I have felt that I, I think that like that was part of our intent. Um, and, and part of the intent of a lot of the work that I do is like building on a, on a sense of universality and allowing for like audience members to, to walk in somebody else from somebody else's perspective, but also um, learn a lot about them. Uh, and it's been, it's been, it's been interesting. I mean, I think, you know, like particularly for the queer community, the API community, it, you know, I think it hits, it hits home a lot. I think for a lot of people outside of it, I think it's uh, made more questions or more, um, perhaps like challenges about the resolution of the story. You know, I think sometimes mm-hmm. people are like, oh, I really like, I love the conversation aspects, but then the fight, at, you know, like the, the, the conversation that they have at the end, like really hurt me. And I'm like, well, yeah, like <laughs> it <laughs> should. Life. It's <laughs> that's life. life. That's yeah. life. And that's, and some relationships uh, end in that way and in, in that tragic way. And I, and I think it, it has, I think particularly for a lot of, my friends uh, and a lot of men that I've talked to um, a lot of it was like a bit of a wake up call about mm. certain behaviors and certain actions <laughs> um, yeah. or, or like, you know, like, Oh, like that was embarrassing. I remember saying that when I was in college kind of mm. moment. And, and, you know, and I think that um, I think the film chides, chides them a little bit on those sorts of things, you know, particularly with uh, uh, Peter coming in, Peter Gleason, Polly Sai. Oh. Oh yeah, uh, you know, Polly Sai. Yep. Yeah, yeah, but uh, but I but I I think that we've been really lucky in that as the consequence of the pandemic, you know, a lot of people were watching this at home, and I think in a in a lot of circumstances for a lot of films that was a real tragedy. You know, like you think of the mainstream comedies, you know, big action, whatever. Um, but for something that's very intimate, I think sometimes viewing it alone allows you to ha- digest the thoughts a little bit more. And I've been sort of noticing that like deeper sort of discourse happening with it than I was almost even expecting. Um, so I, I, I feel, I hope that, yeah, I hope that people are able to, to get a lot out of it. And I, and I hope that people are also able to understand that, you know, like these problems that these ladies are going through, anybody could go, you know, anybody could go through the challenge of like, what's, what's my work-life balance, you know, like, how much of myself do I still have left in me from the past? Mm-hmm. You know, all these different things. And um, I'm hopeful, you know, and, and we'll see, it'll, it'll be interesting. And, and, and of course, you know, there's the, the, the comments that you get that are so wonderful. And then, and then, you know, you go onto letterbox and you read a review and you're like, wow, that person did not get anything out of this movie. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's, it's been interesting and it's been interesting too, like not having those sorts of public discourse things happening that you normally have right. at festivals or at Q and A's, you know? Um, but in some ways too, it's, it's led to, I think, deeper conversations. Like we had like a, a chat group up for South by Southwest. They had like a live chat for the film 
And some of the comments in there were just really interesting and really thought provoking. And then I comment on it and somebody else would comment at the bottom and it became more of like a group sort of global conversation um, versus, you know, when you're at a festival and somebody comes and they're like, oh, really love your movie. And you're like, oh, great. And then your producer like pulls you away and you don't actually get a chance right. to actually ask them what they got out of the movie, what they wanted or what they might have wanted to see, you know. Um, and then, and then, of course, a lot of conversations and questions come up about whether there's going to be a sequel, you know, what happens mm. to these characters, mm -hmm. um, you know. But I, I plan on keeping Lin and Puya gainfully employed for the rest of my life. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they're happy about that. Yeah, I oh, can yeah. see this as episodic. Um, well, we have to wrap, but it's been a joy to have you on the on the show, Mari. And the, the film is See You Then. And we hope to have you back on Bitch Talk. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'd love to come back. If you like what you hear, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information about us, you can head to bitchtalkpodcast.com. This podcast is created, hosted, and executive produced by Aaron Lynn. My co-host is Angela Tabora, a.k.a. Captain Party. The show's edited by producer Shar. We're powered by GoTo Productions.